Hello world. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 Hi. It's like I've forgotten how to say hello. <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Life with Kaka. I'm your host and fellow producer Carolina Gropa. How was your Thanksgiving? I hope you ate all the things. Yes, yes. Mine was actually really special this year. Growing up in my house, we just never really celebrated Thanksgiving much. And so now that I'm older and I get to create my own traditions, it was really special this year to get to make a meal from scratch with my sister-in-law, who is a wonderful and very patient cook. I learned a ton. I made my first cherry pie, and yes, I pitted the cherries. I loosened the skin on my first turkey, which was traumatic to say the least, pretty intense. I do hope that no matter how you spent it, that your day was filled with gratitude for yummy food and good peeps. Speaking of gratitude, I am very grateful to you for tuning in week after week and doing this life thing with me. As much as I love to monologue, I always prefer a dialogue. So thank you. It is such a treat to share my chat with producer Robin Hopkins with you. For the past three years, she's produced Amy Schumer Presents, Three Girls, One Keith for Spotify. But we caught her doing a time of huge transition. She's about to leave Spotify and leap towards her passion, her baby, which is another podcast called If These Ovaries Could Talk. She produces it and co-hosts it with Jamie Kelton. It's a show where two lesbians chat about how to make babies and non-traditional families. We dig in into what it's like to work for one of the behemoths of podcasting, while also being an independent producer, and why it's important to lead by example. She's inspired me so much, and I hope she inspires you. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's so nice. Hi. It's so nice to have you on. Um, so Robin is, is actually a really cool get for us because she is a podcast producer and she produces three girls, one Keith for Spotify. And the reason we connected is because as you guys all know, I've been working on this documentary about women in comedy and had the fortune was fortunate enough to spend some time with Rachel Feinstein, who is a part of three girls, one Keith. She is one of the girls in said, uh, collective. And so I was like, hey, I would love to learn about how someone at Spotify produces a podcast for this type of thing. And so she connected us and here we are. Here we are. So I guess the first thing I would love to hear from you is, will you define a producer? Wow. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of like an I think there's two elements to it. One is like you're a natural project manager at heart. So you're a person who sees things in an organized sort of way, how to take a creative vision from point A to point B, but still make sure that you buy the envelopes to send out the press release. You know, so it's like you do you you, you do all the things. Um, and then I but I also think that a producer has the ability to have a creative vision, um, see a project, know what it can be who who it's for like you know so that you can enhance the creative idea by fine tuning and getting it to the right people if that makes sense it's probably the worst not at all worst <laughs> description of a producer i just basically said we're like gal fridays that's what i did <laughs> well maybe that's what we are and that's fine um I think it's interesting. Sometimes, yeah. Yes, sometimes. Well, I, because my background is so heavily rooted in um, independent film and physical production, mm -hmm. it's quite different from 
now that I have been also producing this podcast, um, since I am the host, but I also produce Congrats. it. Thank you. I kind of do everything. I'm a one woman band, you know? And so I'm learning so much about when you are producing something solo, like I am versus you at Spotify with a team, I'm sure how many hats mm-hmm. you have to wear. And so you're really yeah. beyond then in that scenario, just a project manager, so to speak, because you are having to sure. learn audio and, you know, website design and marketing and all of these other things yeah that it's a shade of producing Mm -hmm. but from the producing that I have come up doing it's very far removed though I will say obviously the more you know about any subject the better off you are and the more um you can speak to that well really the difference like what you're talking about is the difference between being an independent creator and a producer and say a company or on a larger scale project and I happen to be both those things at the exact same time so like I I produce um three girls one Keith at Spotify where I am like you know a cog so to speak but I'm like the person I represent the network and I make sure the project you know, gets gets done with Amy and then gets dis- distributed to all the people within Spotify who can make it great. But then on my personal podcast, I mean, called If These Ovaries Could Talk, I'm a I'm the co-host, the producer, just like you are. And so then I do all the same things I do on Amy Schumer's podcast, but I do them myself and my co-host. Like we do them all together. So it's like, instead of me taking the episode and handing it to my project manager, like I would at Spotify, and I say, hey, handle those files, would you? And get that up on Megaphone. Like I do that, you know? (laughs) So it's like, it's just, it's that I use the exact same blueprint of how to do the podcast for, for mine independently. It's just, we do a lot more work. Do you like it? Which one? both doing all the work having like what are the I guess the pros and cons of straddling these two worlds yeah. right where you do have a team and you are a cog so to speak there's one very singular job and then someone else to give the ball to someone yeah. else and they run with it versus kind of you're playing the game with just one other person when you're doing everything on your own sure I mean I think that the pros of being an independent creator is you have all the control I mean like I know his name is not one that we're talking about right now but Louis CK when he did um what's the show he did that was like about a bar like everybody and their mother was on it and he he it was his idea he wrote it he he booked everyone he paid for it because he wanted all the control and it was some of the it was like one of the best things I thought um on like that was made like I thought it was incredible um but he did it because he wanted to keep the control and then he sold it after mm-hmm. so it's like that's great like it's my it's it's mine and my co-host creative vision from beginning to end and we get to say when how why but the the con is that we're doing all the work and our hair is falling out <laughs> and we're trying to balance you know everything and then every good thing that comes like we just hurt my my co-host and I just had a call uh, before this and we were literally talking at each other like this okay great it's so if, are, if, are you getting the hair and makeup for the book cover okay great i, I got that i'll call her i'll email her we, okay no you go it was like it's like <laughs> insane and it's we're moving at this pace that is like we cannot mm. sustain like at some point we have to but we're just in that weird in-between place where we've gotten an investor Congrats. we've gotten some money That's but awesome. you know thank you and everybody's talking about us like we but nobody's mm. paying us much you know so it's like so everything's you can feel things starting to take off but you still have to do all the work so that's that's the con but like we get to define our creative vision and that's amazing on the network side it's like it's such i when i'm sitting in we record at amy's house amy schumer's house and so i'm sitting in her living room and i'm just like this is ridiculous like i'm sitting in amy schumer's living room 
um, you know, and Rachel and Bridget Everett and like Keith, like these are really talented people. And like, you know, I, I was in a room with Bill Murray <laughs> and Amy and our producer and that was it. And like, that's a, that's a real bucket list moment to have Bill Murray, like turn in an interview and start talking to you. It's just like, <laughs> hi, hi, Bill Murray, you know? Um, but then, you know, the creative vision lives with Amy. It's her show. It's her idea. She's one of those, like, she's a producer at heart. And because I, th- I believe you're either a producer at heart or you're not. Like, you just, if you are that, you're always yeah. going to be that. And she is, she is one of those performers who really um, guards her vision, believes in it. You know, like, she gives notes. She's right in there. Um, but that just means that it's not my vision. And that's fine. It's, she's Amy fucking Schumer. It should be. Can I curse? I cursed. Sorry. No, you can curse. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's her show and it should be her vision. Her name is on it. It's her brand. Um, so I'm really a facilitator mm. in that. Like I can't, I do have some creative input, but it's, it's, yeah. it's her show. So, you know, and then internally there's a lot of cooks, there's a lot of cooks and there's a lot of like, oh, you know, like in marketing's doing something and, and I'm forward facing to the client, which mm-hmm. in this case is Amy. And, you know, I, there's only so many times you can go, I don't know what marketing's doing before they go, you're the Spotify person. Like you should know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I shouldn't, cause that's not my role or my job, but they don't care. Right. So, you know, and fortunately, like I had really great relationships with everybody and they understood that limitations and, you know, cause it's, it's a big corporation and a big corporation moves like, like I can, I could take my little tiny speedboat and I can just do like donuts. A, a corporation is more like a ship and it turns very slowly yeah. and, you know, takes a lot more people. Interesting. I had a conversation a few weeks ago. Well, it was recorded in January, but I released it a few weeks ago with uh, Matt Ferrante, who's the VP of physical production at Paramount. And he had a very similar metaphor about equating sort of Paramount, which is a much older corporation than Mm -hmm. Spotify, with the ship analogy of like how long it takes to to take a turn, you know, uh, versus look at that. I thought I was being really original. No, it was it's just it's a, I, somebody more important <laughs> had it first. You no, know, he's not more important. <laughs> Everybody's important. It's just no, they are. Trust I just me. love they that are. it's that's come up twice this yeah. past few yeah. weeks for me because it's so true. And I think when we are on the outside, and I will speak for myself as a person who has mm-hmm. always freelanced, have always been this like bohemian gypsy person. I've always romanticized being in house. I've always romanticized being yep. a part of a company and having cool logos and being invited to the parties and <laughs> doing something that <laughs> open people bar. open bar, but you know, doing something that people can quantify when you say I do this and I work for this company, people are like, cool. Even if they don't understand what, what you do, yeah. which is still yeah. an uphill battle, but like at least they have context. Yeah. So it's, it's just very interesting to have someone in the podcast space, which is very new. And then someone working at a, one of the behemoths of filmmaking of entertainment have similar metaphors for this yeah i mean like creating content in my opinion um and somebody more important with like you know actual credentials can disagree but is it's the same like it's like you're a storyteller you want to have a narrative and you want to know who you're talking to and then you want to believe in it jump in and make it yeah and it doesn't matter if it's audio or video like it's the same thing it's just like it just might be like you have more like you can be more expansive in audio you have to be faster paced in video but you're still trying to tell a story and did did i get it across did it land was it interesting did i keep did i keep you did i move you in some Mm -hmm. way you know you mentioned that you always like sort of romanticized the idea of being in house like i i've like never wanted nor thought that this was a path for me i like i sort of fell into it i was i have been 
like when I started, I used to work at MTV and VH1 and I worked with this amazing guy named Tom Calderon. Um, and he was at the time, he went on to become the president of VH1, but at the time he was the head of music and talent for MTV. And I was coming, I came in as a temp Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, and I was like, look, you know, I finished my acting school. I want to stay for a little bit. And, and, you know, and, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, but listen, I'm auditioning a lot. Like, I don't know how long this is going to last. And he was like, you know, we'll do it as long as it lasts. Like no big deal. Like 19 years later, (laughs) I'm like still working with the guy in some capacity. Um, But I would always like, I would not ever take a larger role. Like I produced his life. I produced, um, I produced events at work and I produced, and then I independently created all of my work. Cause I was at the time I was like writing one woman shows. I wrote some plays and, and I was producing all my own work outside of, of my day job. And it was just my day job. And at Spotify was the first place, like when he left where I was left with this, I was no longer tethered to another person where I was producing what he asked me to produce. And, and it was like, Oh, I have 20 years of experience of producing my own work. And then next thing I know, I'm just, doing podcasts here so it was like not something i intended to do i was gonna say how long have you been there and then i lost the question that i had (laughs) it'll come back well i'm giving another boat metaphor yes please all the boat metaphors i'm huge on metaphors if you have good ones I, i am too i am too you know how being at spotify has been for you how long you've been there and then what if anything is the difference between being a podcast producer versus the kind of producing Mm -hmm. you had been doing for 20 years? So I've been here three and a half years. Um, My last day is soon. Um, I have given my notice because I've like, like I said, we got that funding and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to try to see if I can monetize my own work, which is a dream I've been working toward for like 10, 15 years. That's so exciting, though. I hope you take a moment to like <laughs> it, acknowledge that. I'm trying. I'm not great with taking moments, but mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of us producers are because we're always like, check. Next. next. Keep going. It's been yeah. great. And I say this and like I, I say this hoping Amy Schumer is not going to listen to this. Um, I had a moment. I was I was using her bathroom and she has this delightful heated toilet seat um, in, in her guest bathroom. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, I'm in Amy Schumer's house. I'm like sitting on her heated toilet seat. Like, I can't remember who the guest was that day, but it was somebody, somebody big. And I was just like, this still isn't enough for me. And that was the moment where I was like, I, I have to transition to like, I'll never give up producing because that is just who I am. Like, I'll always want to be an independent creator. But I was like, I have to jump off the cliff and believe in myself and do the work that's for me. It's not different work. It's, it's you know, it's like the skills that I had to to produce a play at a black box theater, you know, were the same. I put my credit card down. I, I went out to press. I, at the time it was, there was not so much social media, but like I went out to all the people, Mm -hmm. I built the audience. I, you know, I did the actual content work to make the content work good. And then I put it up and then I saw how much money I lost. Like that was, you know, or made that was a real clarifying moment for me that it's like, I have to like, it will never get better than this. Like working with uh, people that I respect and admire on content, I think is funny because funny always, I always lead with funny. I always want my I work to be funny, even if it's moving. That's that's a moment. And, and I just think like you kind of got to listen to that. So yes, <laughs> when you had that moment on Amy Schumer's heated toilet. Seriously, I hope she's not listening to this. I hope she is personally. But yes, I know what you're saying. For you. I'm sorry. For you, I want her. To, yes. Her to and for you, I understand where you're coming from. But how quickly there thereafter from that realization, did you start taking the steps to inch towards the stream? And how easy was it to let go of that. It was probably six months to a year after that where I was able to like say, okay, I'm going. And it really wasn't about mm-hmm. 
the work or giving anything up. Like I've never been one. Like I, you know, I was at MTV at the height of MTV in the music and talent team. Like, you know, I've sat in rooms with, I escorted Prince to the VMAs. Like it's like, there's moments where you're just like, and like, you know, I remember people being like, you going to the after party? And I was like, hell no. I was like, it doesn't get better than what just happened. You know, like I've had all these like wonderful experiences, but it's never been my identity. My identity has always been that Mm. I am a, a, creator and a performer and an artist and I want to make a living from my work and I think that what happened during that six months to a year is that I finally found a vehicle where we were getting traction right time right place and where like you know my heart's in it and it's it's hitting all the things that I do well it you know it was a little bit serendipitous um Mm -hmm. but then it it took like my wife being like what are you doing like, and I've had two points in my life where she's been like, what are you doing? You know, like where, and I, both times I gave up a job because she was just like, you, you have so much going on. You can't breathe. You have a book deal. Like if you don't quit now, when are you quitting? Mm. This is the first time that I've had something that really could look like a business. And I do believe could be monetized. And the way I look at it is no one can take away my Spotify credits, and no one can take away the learnings that I've had learning about how to be a, a, a producer on the network side of things. All I am doing is going off and adding to my own narrative, my, my, my professional narrative of like building something from nothing. I find that the people, the sorts of people who are drawn to being producers are very resilient beings and they're, they find a way to push through. I've, I've always said like, if you drop me off, I was born with this. I was born like this, you know, I was born this way to quote Gaga. Like if you dropped me yeah. off anywhere in the world, like I would figure it out and I would be like absolutely running the nonprofit and yeah. figuring out how to build the water wells. Like, You'd be like, we need to start a nonprofit for people who are lost in the third yes, world countries. You would just bounce back and, yeah. and find a way to figure out the next step. You know, I mean, and it's especially scary. I've got kids. I got two kids and I feel like it's no longer just me jumping off a cliff. And but it's funny that I'm doing this now and didn't do it before the kids like, you know, you just like you get there when you're ready, when you feel like you can. Um, And I don't have any like feelings like I should have done this before. It's like, no, now's the time. But wouldn't you say that being the being the kind of mom who is striving and fighting for what you want while it doesn't set up the archetype of the American dream that we're all sold, you're teaching your kids this lesson of that nothing is granted, nothing is ever, you're never safe. Like even everything is a perception of security. So go after your dreams, go after the things that you want and that it's never too late to to fight for those things. If you're a producer at heart, you put together a plan. You didn't just jump off a cliff. You put like a mattress at the bottom. You got the insurance. You You did all the things. Yeah. I know if if, if it like it'll never be a failure. It will just be the this thing that I did, and then I did something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud. Like my kids, like my daughter's ten and my son's eight. My daughter's just like joy personified. She's just like <laughs> she's like delightful, sparkly, and she likes to spin a lot. And 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 she's always like. And I'll be like, oh, I'm dropping, you know, we, my wife and I split, like I do pickup generally and she does drop off for school and I'll be like, oh no, I'm taking you into school. And she'll be like, what are you doing tonight? Do you have writer's group? Are you doing the podcast? And I love that that is what she sees. And I don't feel guilty that I'm, that like maybe one, two nights a week I have to be doing something because I know they see me going out and going after something. That's a fucking great lesson. Any I would want any kid to learn that. Yeah. I mean... I can only speak to where I am in my life and my career, my trajectory and how I was telling my sister-in-law last night how doing this podcast, I I hope a lot of people are listening and getting great things from it. But 
I will say selfishly, it's become like therapy for me. It's become this really incredible way to meet people and women like yourself who have these incredible stories and these career paths and made these choices that are in the gray, right? They're just like kind of figuring life out. Like we all are, but I'm sort of fascinated by the perception we have of what we think someone has done to get to where they are based on what you can see on LinkedIn or on IMDb. And then the realities of the conversations of what it's taken and the sacrifices helped me really reflect on where I'm at in my journey and what I want to do next and my hopes. And I hope that you guys listening as well are getting that in some way, shape or form, because to me, that's what the show is about. You know, it's, it's not just talking to fancy people with fancy credits. It's, it's, it's really the realities of what it takes. It's just an and Robin. (laughs) And then Robin. (laughs) No, it's about the realities of what, of what it takes, what is required and from a spiritual level and just like a, how you are either wired for it or you're not. So yeah. Well, and I think I think life happens in the gray. You're, you're generally not going to become a better person from a thing that you all, are always knew. Like I was just even thinking about even doing this record and how we're doing it. I'm like, oh, well, there's a note of a learning for the next thing that I do about sound. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it, like when you're when you're when things don't go well, when things that's where you learn. Like yep. that's in conflict is where at least for me that's where I grow. It's not always not always fun, but no, it's true. Well, growth is not usually comfortable that sure isn't most people why can't it it. be should be because if you think about growth if you were to take like us as babies literally growing your bones are expanding your muscles like that's painful they say that the the human teething process is one of the most painful things to experience and that's why it happens when you're such a um, an infant so you have no memory of it because it's one of those i never heard that that makes sense you have to there's always something greater on the other side and you have to be a kind of person who believes in that so absolutely yeah so flipping back to Spotify world and podcast producing world I'd love for you to talk a little bit about since I know you're transitioning out of there but if you were to stay you know and and this is this is for the listeners um, if if you are listening and you have ambitions to be a podcast producer will you speak a little bit about the potential career paths and if you stayed where you could potentially end up um you know there's i don't i think you'd be living under a rock if you didn't know there's like exponential growth happening in podcasts right now um Mm -hmm. so i think that there's like a perfect storm of independent creators have been it's been their world and then now networks like i i use the word network like spotify is like to me like the ABC, NBC, CBS of television back in the day. Same thing for like mm-hmm. Apple, iHeart, um, like these big players that are now like gobbling up these production houses. So um, so I, I think that a lot of the roles, it's it's all being defined, but a lot of the roles that are on the network side are going to be, this is just my prediction, very similar to s- traditional video media. Like so the way that I operate as a producer um, right now, currently, and there are shifts happening within the team. So I'm, you know, if someone from Spotify were to listen, like they may say, oh, that's not where we're going. So this is just my opinion. I want to really be clear about that. But um, we have been to date operating more like showrunners, you know, where where someone's pitching us the idea, we are saying yes or no. So it's like a hybrid almost of development, like we're saying yes or no. And then we were um, then becoming a point person to help produce the podcast and then you take it and become a showrunner um and the most of the stuff being made 
out of house third party um, because I think that's the only way it can be scaled. So, but then you have another model that it's existing right now, which is almost like a Gimlet, you know, Pineapple Street Media model where there's a lot of like where those people cut tape and they've come up through through the ranks of like NPR, WNYC, you know, radio. Um, they're incredible story storytellers and they, you know, like I think Gimlet can make 10, 12 really high quality shows per year. So um, a, a role in there would be much more like you're like, because the, the language between video and audio is different. Like a producer in, in video is like a person who's sort of overseeing and really the editor is more of the overseer in audio. Um, and they're going to cut the tape and have the vision and all of that. So that's kind of that. You're, there's also like available stuff within um, acquisitions and, you know, because now that you have all these big players with big money, uh, shows are going behind paywalls. So I, I think I just read today, uh, last podcast on the left is going to be exclusive on Spotify. You know, the point being like that's an established podcast that is now going to be available to Spotify premium members. So there's a career in the acquisition side of things where you're really involved in podcasting, you know, what's out there and you're, you know, touching independent creators and also, um, you know, looking to see what's going to make your brand or your network better. I feel like everybody's saying we're the Netflix of podcasting. It's a combination of production, Mm. acquisition, and like sort of show running and then development as well. Yeah. So it's 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 the wild wild west right now. Like all of this is being like all the TV people and the video people are now all like this could also the show could be a podcast. Like I you know, we'll get yes. pitches that yes. they didn't even bother to take it out of the video format, which I I send back immediately because I'm like you didn't even have the time or the respect to say this is a this is an audio story. Um, and again, right. not speaking for Spotify. I've seen a lot in my industry, this this shift of we want to make scripted podcasts because we want to hopefully have the next home. Sure. Everybody wants the homecoming. Why can't we just let the podcast exist on its own? Why does everything, is there not enough content already between all of the multiple platforms that we don't have time to watch? Must we also then take podcasts that we don't have time to listen to all of them because it's impossible and make them into shows? Well, but you know why though, right? You know why, right? Yes. It's IP and it's like, it's already been proven. There's an audience. Monetization. It's not, it's not, the industry is not in a place where nobody's making enough money on ad sales. They just have standards now, the IAB standards for, because some people are streaming, some people are downloading. Advertisers have no idea who's like actually listening to their ads, you know, other than using like a, you know, OCT, you know, slash OCT at the end of the, the, you know, visit casper.com slash OCT. Like it's like they can't track anything. So the derivative, the next right they can sell and make money on to try to recoup all your production costs. So even within Spotify, you're saying there's no real good way to track the metrics of who's listening and the downloads and the streaming? Not really what I'm saying that we have a, I think it's like podcasters for Spotify, Mm -hmm. where if you're on platform, you can see your numbers and your metrics because we stream. But like if you think industry wide, so like let's take my my podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk. I host it on Libsyn. So Libsyn holds the files and then Libsyn pushes pushes it out to all the different places that have either accepted me or I have uh, or, you know, or are a result of being pushed from iTunes. So Half of those, some of those are streaming platforms. Pandora is now in the game, you know, us. Um, But then you have this old scale model of Apple 
that is giving numbers that are like downloads. They're just it's it's there's no like in TV you have um, the Nielsen ratings. Yeah, it's, uh, Nielsen, right? Who's giving you ratings? Yeah, and there is an there's a a tacit understanding among networks and whatever that we're all going to go by Nielsen ratings and. That was a really long period of right. time until DVRs came, and then that shook things up. But that's where podcasting is, right? So it's there's you have all these different standards. So they have come together to to come up with this thing called IAB standards, and that is, I think, going to change things a bit. But it's yeah. still like again, the wild, wild west. Yeah. When I go in, I can see are we predominantly women? What country? I can see where you know how how long my retention is. I can see when people are dipping out. Like all that's wonderful. There is this trend of like the way people consume podcasts is that you know you put out an episode and they get to it three months later. A lot of times, like there just isn't this immediacy sure. to it like there is with traditional sort of visual formats, I would say. And so it's hard to say to an advertiser, like, yes, the ad that we're going to run for three months, here's the success rate, here's the ROI, because there's a boom of downloads six months from now. And you're like, yeah. what? When it's also like baked in ads versus like dynamic ad insertion, like all of that, it's all very messy. And it's like, so I just feel like just, I just my whole philosophy is just like, do it all and then hope for the best. It's going to land somewhere and let the industry figure it out. It's not my business. <laughs> I'll just make the content. Yeah. I love that. So basically then when you decided to transition into just doing your podcast, which how long have you been doing your show, If the Zobris Could Talk, while working at Spotify? The whole time. We started um, 2017. We started in 2017 and uh, okay. we're still going. And we just increased our – we used to do seasons. We used to do uh, a fall season and then a spring season, we'd be often like around the holidays and then also in the summer. And we just switched to an always on uh, platform where we'll just be dark seven weeks out of the year for the very reason that you said, like, we don't want I don't want people to binge. I want to create week over week habits with our listeners. Sometimes we'll get like things on social media from people being like, it's Monday. What would I do without my ovaries? And you're like, great. That's what I want. In that transition, you, you did not feel scared or it wasn't a, a doesn't sound like it was a tough transition it was just like here's what I'm going to do and I'm going to figure it out there was no second guessing yourself you mean leaving choosing to leave yeah choosing to leave and bet on and betting on you essentially um it took me a minute to be like am I really doing this I'm really doing this um but no I I didn't ever second guess it I had this weird moment where I thought oh there's no part of me went oh I can't believe I just gave up this exceptional job I was like no I'm ready how do you get through challenges? How have you gotten through challenges? From my childhood? I'm from your childhood, from everything. Uh, no, just Therapy. how... I, like one of the things I love to talk about on the show, one of the reasons I started the show is I listen to a lot of podcasts about other people's careers. Mm-hmm. And I often feel like there is a glossing over of the really hard, challenging times in whatever that means to that person in their journey. Um, so I'm curious if you have gone through some hard transitions or redefining yourself or whatever it may have been for you, what what kept you going and how you got through yeah. it? Um, I would say for me, it's it's always about some level of communication, about just like talking through things and, and, and just like sort of like, you know, when you have a, a knot, you know, a string and you have to just sort of pull it one string for a while and then eventually you pull it another and you pull it another and then it just all of a sudden it falls apart and everything is back to normal. 
it's like that. Like, I just need to keep looking at it. I need to just keep thinking about it. I talk to people because I, um, in the process of talking to people, I find that helps me clear my head because someone could poke holes in my, cause I'm the type of person I'm always creating a narrative. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to go because they're treating me badly because of this. And I want to do this. And I'm not saying Spotify is treating me badly. I'm just saying like in an, in a, you know, I'm breaking up with someone, whatever. So I, I'm I'm running this narrative and it'll be a good friend who'll go, yeah, but don't you remember you did this or you said these same things about this? This sounds like this could be your pattern. Now, you know, it's like I want good friends to poke holes in things. I need to I need to think about it from an analytical place. Yeah. I also need to get in touch with mm-hmm. my gut and then I need to just like work yeah. through it. I can tell internally, like if I'm spinning my wheels, like if I'm starting to just like pull people aside and bitch about something, I know I need to make a change. Like the the corporation, the company, or the the thing that I'm a part of is generally not going to change. Right. For me, like mm-hmm. this change out of Spotify is it's just not even about that. It's more just like we had so many wonderful things coming our way that I can't. I, I was having to say I can't prioritize that, and they were things that I knew could enhance the podcast, whether it's cross promotion or, um, you know, like looking for giveaways or like looking for things that will continue to like build the podcast and the audience. And I just, I couldn't prioritize them because I had full scale production, all this other stuff. And that was like the moment of like, I can't make it bigger if I don't take this leap. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited that we're catching you in the middle of this transition. Cause I think it's, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, see all the mess. <laughs> That's what the show's about. It's the messy part of it. life, life with Kaka. It's a perfect title. Thank you. I, I, uh, it's been a, a joy to do it and get to like talk to fascinating people like you. And like I said, reflect on my own journey and the process and all the different paths. And it's actually really reassuring to hear you talk about your faith and your belief in your own podcast, because having been the person doing everything, it is so consuming mm-hmm. and I care so much like you. Yep. And I get very frustrated often that the day job and like I'm yeah. working on this amazing project about women in comedy and oh my God, it's all the things. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, this documentary is everything I want to see as a consumer. I'm, I'm honored to be part of the, the team that's making it. But yeah. the cost that it has on other things that I would like to prioritize has been really hard for me to um, grapple with. I'm not, I don't have any fans yet like hitting me up being like, hey, why is it Tuesday and there's no episode? <laughs> but I always feel like I owe it to people because like you, yeah. I do I do 150%. I said I would release weekly every Tuesday. So I hold myself yep. to that standard. And when I can't get there, it's very hard for me to think, yeah. why am I not getting there? Well, it's because the jobs always take away from the things that I've wanted to do and I've tried to do. I'm a firm believer that once you say something out loud, you will start to align your life toward it. Yeah. Like I believe in like making a declaration for your year on your birthday. I believe in all that jazz because I think that you subconsciously and consciously start moving toward it. And I, there's never been a day job I've had that it hasn't gotten in my way as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now tell it to my landlord. He's like, I like your day job. Right. Um, but I don't know. I just have to believe that all these things I've done are leading to this. Yeah. And I, you know, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, you're so lucky. You know exactly what you want to do. And I'm like, "Mm," like, that's a that's amazing in some ways. But it's also like we work in an industry where someone else gets to say if we get to do that work. Mm -hmm. 
Like, it's not like, you know, you want to be an accountant, just go be an accountant. Right. But it's like, you want to be in a movie and someone has to invite you to be in that movie. I had an acting teacher who said that actors were the dregs of the art community because she's like, you don't hear, you know, jazz musicians just being like, no one will let me play the violin. And then they don't play the violin. She was like, go out, make your own work. And she was the first person to say that. And I took that to heart. And so I have always been like, if I want to play, I want to be, I want a good part. Well, then I will pick the play. I will pick my role. I will pick the people around me. And, you know, and I hope that someday that translates to my own production company where I'm picking some film that I'm, that I believe in that I think should be out in the world and I get to be in it. And so do some of the awesome people that I've worked with along the way. That's, that's the goal. Well, do you feel like you're getting close to that goal? Babe steps? I certainly feel closer than I've ever felt before. You, you are the second person to say it to me in two days about like, you know, taking a moment to like really appreciate things. If I look at you know what I've done like I've done a lot of those things like I'm, I'm not I don't have you know Brad Pitt's plan b company or whoever that is that has that if it's Jennifer Aniston it's, I don't pl- remember. it's Brad somebody Pitt. it's Brad Pitt okay <laughs> thank you like you know I don't have that like the day that we got funding like I I was trying to listen to a podcast and I was like what do you do on my way into work and I was like what are you doing like I can't I'm not hearing anything that they're saying and I put music on and I started to like walk across this plaza and I was just like started to cry because I was just like, God damn it. I was like, somebody believes in 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 me and this thing I'm doing and and my and Jamie so much so that they're gonna give us money. And no one has ever done that before. And that was like a defining moment of feeling like I did something. Yeah. You know, and no one, no matter what happens, no one can ever take that away. Like that's an accomplishment and I feel really proud of it. And to have been vetted. And then not just like vetted, not just so someone goes, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to vouch for you on a phone call or an informational, but to like write a check. That feels like fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm in route to plan B and I don't mean the abortion pill. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) Your second act. Yeah, exactly. It's like Jane, the Jane Fonda documentary with the five acts. That was so good. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't that. seen it. No, I haven't Fantastic. seen it. Fantastic. There's a, there's a podcast called uh, Second Act. Hillary Kerr is her name. Oh, I, I know her. I think she's great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know of and her. So yeah. her and her partner uh, eventually branched out to do something else outside from that company. And that's how they got the idea to start the podcast, Second Life, talking to other women predominantly who've gone through similar sort of transition so at any rate but she always says at the end of her show like hey if you have someone you think would be a great guest email me you dm me like i'd love to hear who they are you should be on that podcast second act god damn it i'm getting on that podcast. check it out i want to be on that podcast but i don't know if i have a second act yet i feel like i'm still well you're you're maybe you're writing the manuscript for your second act yeah i feel like you know i think you're just getting there you're like i think you're just i feel like your instincts know you're not quite saying it out loud yet but i think you have a sense inside but i don't know it's like maybe that's that's the the secret sauce to life is just taking these leaps because you don't know what's behind door number three you don't know where this takes you same for you like yeah who knows where you'll be even six months from now i have a good feeling about it for you i think you're i think you're definitely not that you need my validation but (laughs) i'll take it believe me i could use it (laughs) i mean i think you're making the right move i think that there is no downside to doing something you're passionate in and following that through wherever it may take you yeah. I was just telling somebody yesterday, I have like three essay ideas because I, I write essays on, on Medium, although I haven't done anything in a minute because we've been writing the book for the last year, but for the podcast. Um, and I was just like, I have two more ideas that I want to do. And I'm like, I just am like, I can't get to them, but I've been like writing them in my head as I walk around the city because yeah. it's like you always know your next thing. Yeah. Or like once you get started, you do. You know, like after I had my my daughter, I was really 
um, I didn't know I was like in a weird place with my creativity and my, and my art and my work. And I was like, can I even say I'm an artist? And what am I, you know, what am I doing? And I just had kids and like, does it, does that mean it all ends? And, and I had had the artist way in my bookshelf for somewhere in the neighborhood for seven mm-hmm. years. And I would take it out and I would, maybe I would do the morning pages and I would put it back, but I had had this baby and I didn't, I, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't, you know, it's like, cause the act of having a baby is literally, even the physicality of it is they're taking from you. Mm. And I didn't feel like I had myself. And so I sat down for 12 weeks and I did the artist way, like front to back. I had like a certain amount of time I would do every, every morning. And by the end I knew what my project was. And I wrote a memoir and I, I claimed I am an artist. And like those two things coming out of that were so valuable to me for the next 10 years. Wow. I no longer ever wonder what I'm doing next. I no longer ever wonder I don't think that I would be quitting my job had I not gone through that process Mm -hmm. claiming it saying it's you and and then it 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 does come it does come to you yeah so I think you need to claim the shit out of this that's what I'm saying for you claim the shit send you the artist way yeah claim the shit out of it yeah the idea that more work could come by saying no is very hard like I was a poor kid growing up so I have a really hard time saying no to work um, and like the, the, I think it's the universe testing your resolve. That's what I think. Like the, the, the week I gave up, I gave my notice. I had like two sort of soft job offers. And I literally said to the one guy, I said, no, no, no. Remember I said, I'm taking a, I'm taking the, the, the risk on me. Don't want you to offer me a job. Not yet. Maybe in six months, but not right now. Yeah. Um, that's, I think testing resolve. Yeah. I love it. Um, thank you for that little bit of therapy. Oh, thank you. It's been fantastic. It's been incredible. Um, I, I, it is, we are about an hour mark. So well, cause sure. I could talk forever. That's why I'm stopping myself. Um, but I do want to <laughs> wrap up with <laughs> if there's, um, anything that you wanted to mention that we didn't get to talk about or hit on, because my last question for you will be just, you know, what advice you have to someone. I always like to think of like a 19 year old girl. It's your avatar. Yeah. Who's just kind of like, wants to be in entertainment in some way and it's there's so many different paths and she doesn't really know and maybe she listens to this and she's like oh I love radio I love auditory storytelling and I think I'd want to be in this journey in this path like I think of her and what advice you give to her I mean it's going to be the same echo of the same things I've been saying which is start your own work you know make your own work put it out there get feedback from people um, talk to a lot of people I think it's incredibly important to meet people, talk to them, hear their story. And because in their stories, you're going to hear not just what you want to do, but what you don't want to do. And I think sometimes that's even more valuable. And, you know, be open to the criticism of your work, be open to people telling you uh, this is the path for you, and then be open to your gut saying, no, I don't think that's right for me. And, you know, I mean, so it is sort of generic advice, but like, you know, I don't know, hit me up on LinkedIn if you want to know how to get into podcasting. But I mean, it's literally just to me, you know, start creating work yeah. and then start talking to people because I just don't know, you know, I I do those calls with people sometimes because I, I really want to pay it forward. And I have this whole like there, but for the grace of God, go I like I will need a job soon. And when I do, I want people to respond to me in the way that I have responded to them, you know, give, sharing my advice and, and my experience. And I am always just saying to people like, you reaching out to me was the thing was the first thing. And then at the very end of your meeting, you should always say, who else should I talk to? 
and you know you won the person over when they start going, mm, you should talk to so-and-so. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with that person. That's how you know you won the person yeah. over in the conversation. And and really, everybody wants to talk about themselves, for God's sake. So it's not hard. <laughs> so you just like ask people like how they got to where they are and what they do. You're learning. They get to talk about themselves. It's like a win for everybody. It's a win for everybody, yeah. And then I think it's, I think it's great. I think especially with producers who often don't get asked about themselves or about their journeys. There's yeah. not a lot of focus on the people, not just producers, but the people who work behind the scenes, you know? And I yeah. think it's important to shine a light on that and to show audiences that there are so many different potentials to be a person who does get to be a part of creating something if you are not wired to be the person who wants to go out and be the sort of lone yeah. wolf creating your own content. Like you can still be a part of it in many different ways and and hopefully the show and all the conversations shine a light on that every every week yeah absolutely absolutely i love what you're doing i love it thank you well thank you so much for being a part of the show this week thank you thank you and and the and the producer slash social media person to me will tell everybody to go listen to if these ovaries could talk yes we're on all the platforms and follow us on all those dumb social media places Yes, we spent a lot of time trying to come up with fun content for you all, even though we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> we're, we're idiots. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Robin for being on the show this week. Thank you for having me. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for tuning in week after week and doing this life thing with me. I'm so grateful. I said it at the beginning. Yes, I'm saying it again, because if you're still here and you're listening, then it's worth repeating. If you don't already, please subscribe, rate, review, like, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Tell a friend, tag a friend, heck, tag me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Carolina Gropa. The show's at Life with Kaka. I look forward to seeing you next week. Beijos. <laughs>